Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Gap. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just really happy. Why are you so happy? I have no idea. I think it's because the term's over. Christmas. I have deadlines, holidays. but <laughs> damn, I'm good, bro. I've got deadlines. I have deadlines. Even during Christmas. Even during Christmas. What about you? Could not relate. But don't lie to it. Were you not just <laughs> telling me you have like a 3.5k essay? That's January's problem. <laughs> it's not optional. It's a New Year's problem. <laughs> I'm done. I'm. D- How are you feeling about the New Year? or going into the New Year. I'm grateful. We're gonna have moist. This... <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. For me. We're gonna have this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music. God willing, in it. Inshallah. Yeah. And um, yeah. More guests. There's a lot of things to look forward to. A lot. We're yeah. going to have a lot of topics, more consistency. Yeah. More insight. Yeah. Um, All that good stuff, guys. Exactly. That good stuff, yeah. Should I outline? Yeah. Um, so today, like, we're not really doing much, guys. It's not a guest. It's just me and Mohammed doing commentary on pretty much last week and the last three weeks. Um, so there's not really, like, a structure. It's just each each of us asking the other a question so Mohammed more of a reflection I'd say kind of it's been, yeah it's been a insightful three weeks because we've it just has. had so many we've had someone that's actually got a sickle cell disease someone who's actually works in an environment where they address it they address it yeah and um it's yeah it's been eye-opening so we want to just unpack that today 100 percent by ourselves so <laughs> why'd you say it like that <laughs> like we're dumb by ourselves <laughs> yep, with no guests um yeah no i'm kidding okay i'm gonna start so mo what are your thoughts on the previous three episodes just general just i mean um, i thoroughly enjoyed like the different views and yeah. different experiences yeah uh given by each of our guests yeah especially like um britney she basically honestly like you hear about sickle cell in the news on social media but once you actually actually come across someone who's got the disease Mm. you see how it's changed their quality of life yeah um so choices what they do with their life Mm. uh, who they interact with their like psychosocial aspects like we spoke to Brittany about how she formulates relationships what she has to actually think about yeah before she actually gets into a relationship, even whether it's at uni, yeah. whether it's at anywhere. So yeah. it's been more or less just like being receptive, and yeah. actually just understanding how this affects so yeah. many people. Mm. And it's more or less a silent disease because it affects a lot of people in our community, yeah. especially in the Black and Caribbean community. Mm. But we don't really hear about it. Yeah, And Brittany mentioned how... I mean, I wouldn't say a stigma to it, but they don't really talk about it. Yeah. Even amongst people with the disease. Yeah. Uh, disorder, sorry. Difference, big difference. Um, but even that in itself was quite unique. Like, I never thought that that would be the case. Like, especially with students, like, you tend to get that with older people yeah but not so much the young lot exactly i like how you said it's a silent disease you know it's not like other diseases like hiv aids or cancer where like there's a face to it or like a symbol for it this one's kind of like very insidious but like especially because of the health effects that it actually has exactly yeah 
only when like the person's hospitalized or missing from uni yeah or that's when you deepen yeah that's when you actually deepen and see this and where it's like it's similar somewhat to mental health Mm. because it's there's no underlying feature that you actually see unless you're present in that person's life Mm -hmm. that's that's very what about you what did you (laughs) um what did you like what what did you find interesting i think for me it was just very refreshing because sometimes we talk about these things in like a very global health bubble like oh like someone would say oh the cause of this disease is this biological fact and because as global health students we're very much like actually no it's social factors it's historical factors it's xyz but um it, it was very refreshing for me to hear it from someone like hani um talk about like all these other aspects with the same importance as the biology um and i think that's really what's lacking from medicine i'm not going to go off on medics <laughs> go ahead. but i'm just saying like it was very refreshing to hit up from her i think as well um I-, I liked how Brittany. that was quite a different podcast that we did in that it was very much a story time like i i really appreciate yeah i really appreciated the authenticity of like that podcast and how real it was it it took away from i have this thing when we just learn stuff and it stays in the books or yeah. do you know what i mean um to put it in context like real life context i, I think that was really good yeah yeah i definitely agree the whole <laughs> lived experience 100 percent, and then coupled with honey's whole uh, experience as a medical student yeah i think that was really insightful it was yeah um <laughs> Oh yeah, we answered the second question, which is literally what was the, what was the most interesting thing you learned? Actually, no, we didn't answer that. What was the most interesting thing you learned? Um, I mean, what kind of surprised me was how Honey kind of admitted to the fact that they know that this is an underlying problem. Yeah. So the lack of knowledge on sickle cell mm. and how it's meant to be dealt with, but it's still not addressed by, say, the NHS because surely if it's a problem that you see then you would address it so medics are aware of the issue yeah it's just so. beyond their power to actually yeah change that mm. and that says a lot about institutional how institutional this is and i always talk about institutional that's aspects, his favorite word you lot institutional no but it's true it's a framework that it's needs true, to be no, developed yeah so in order so that like primary healthcare can actually be delivered yeah. by the medics because yeah. the medics understand the implement like the implications of this no 100% it's just that it's beyond their power in a sense of course if it's one to one when they've got a patient who's got sickle cell they and they've got knowledge on mm. say pain tolerance mm. threshold they can definitely use that but what about the other medics who don't like yeah. yeah no I agree that was quite interesting I think as well when when something is institutional it is sustained for time like nothing will change because it's just perpetuated over and over and over. so I do as much as I tease you about it I think it's very important to highlight this institutional aspect of the way we think and approach things um I think for me the most interesting thing I learned first of all um 
that anemia, sickle cell anemia, is very different from. I don't want to say everyday anemia, but you like. Oh, normal. Anemia. No, normal yeah, anemia. Normal anemia. Yeah, where... I think that was very interesting to me, but also learning very like particular nuances of treatment, particularly from like Britney's lived experience. That was quite interesting to me. Um, yeah, that 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 was the most interesting. I definitely thing. agree, especially like the shifting the quality of care from child services to, to adult, adult services yeah and how she felt neglected even violated in some sense mm. i found that quite i mean yeah no, in that theory was. it makes sense but once you actually speak to someone who's got it's like oh, wow yeah like what what is that discrepancy and why is why it allowed is it to exist right yeah especially where the uk is a country that prides itself on like universal healthcare coverage and it's like oh, is it though Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so the third kind of question is, we spoke like a lot about racism that persists and is perpetuated within medicine and how it affects the attitudes we have towards diseases that affect like certain racial groups or ethnicities, um, like sickle cell. But like, what about in global health? Because... We talk a lot about, oh, it's the racism in medicine, but racism very much exists within our field. You know, even the way we talk about things, developing countries, third world countries, sub-Saharan Africa. Africa. Oh, don't even start. Like, what about, what about how the racism persists within our field and how it's perpetuated in the ideas we have around sickle cell? But also, how do we address this? I'm asking you. That is quite complex (laughs) because, again, you have to, like, decolonize global health. I've always been for that. Yeah. Um, By that, I mean. What does that mean, Mo? What I mean is basically the way um, disease, like, disorders are framed and who it's framed by. So, like, I think a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how sickle cell was discovered in the US. In the 19th, 18th, sorry, 20th century. Yeah, I think. By the West. 1910, yeah. yeah. Whereas this was already known to tribalists. In, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's about framing, like, issues like this and also framing um, how, the like, pain tolerance is seen. Yeah. And actually having some sort of framework that actually sees the idioms of distress it will be different among different demographics. Yeah. So it's not more, it's not to the point that it's to do with pain threshold. It's all about understanding like how this is, how this is portrayed Mm. more or less stereotypes. Mm. Yeah. No, if you were to challenge that and challenge that from the beginning, so Mm. medical students having modules on global health, being taught by someone who's got global health knowledge, yeah. not just someone who's been planted in an African country yeah. to do research on global health, yeah. but someone who's actually got global health expert knowledge. Yeah. yeah, so ultimately, I'd say the knowledge production has to be by those who are surrounded by the issue. Yeah, so communities affected by it, you essentially. Have to, exactly, you have to decentralise this. Yeah. And give credit to yeah, yeah. those around and have 
community members part of the as part of the stakeholders mm. as well. Mm. But then again, as global health students, that is quite ambitious in today's <laughs> um, society. Because like as much as we talk about how much we hate this, you find yourself using such language and you have to catch yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree exactly. So it's it's quite difficult but I mean and also yeah you also have to try and get others involved as well mm. like say like the whole purpose of this podcast is try and empower others so that they understand they've got knowledge yeah they've got an accurate knowledge of these issues yeah these and these discussions so that they can actually bring something to the table so no, 100%. For, like for sickle cell um right now if a lot of people could take up blood donations yeah and that could help a lot of people uh-huh. yeah 100 percent. so I've, it's more about participation i'd say mm. and like, i i agree i think what you said particularly on knowledge production is very like important like like you said the purpose of our podcast is to empower a lot of people and a lot of people sadly that are uh, affected by sickle cell are isolated from conversations sur- uh, surrounding it and they might have like great solutions or uh, community initiatives that we could get off the ground but they just I don't know they might not have the jargon or resources or whatever to actually get them off the ground so I, I 100% agree with you um, but something as simple as like encouraging more people to get blood donations is so is yeah it's imperative i think um which brings me on to my next question <laughs> have you ever given blood i haven't why um because like 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 everyone who's listening to this podcast Not everyone. it's a learning <laughs> it's a learning curve for us as well yeah. so now that i know the importance of blood donations and how a lot of people with sickle cell rely on blood exchange yeah i'm more open to giving blood and I will definitely, I'm going to sign up to blood donations. Blood donations, yeah. definitely. Like, you could hold me accountable for that. I will. But yeah, even us, it's like a You want a selfie. Curve. When you do it, we want a selfie. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it on the podcast. <laughs> but I'm definitely more aware, more knowledgeable. Yeah. And know the implications of blood donations and how important they are. So now, now that I know this, I can definitely help and give blood. Yeah. What about you? Like, um, um, have you given blood? No, I have a good reason for it. <laughs> a good reason? For, okay, so for ages, I thought that if you had, like, any sort of mental health issue, you couldn't give blood because I just assumed you just couldn't because they have these really weird arbitrary categories of who can and cannot give blood. And it's just like, this is so dumb if someone can give blood. like. But then I also understand that for particular groups of people, they are stigmatized because of particular um, diseases. So yeah, for that reason. But um, I read somewhere that actually I can. It depends. You consider giving blood now. Oh, hundred percent. Like I'm not on any medication, so I can give. I can give blood. Don't particularly like needles, but that's a minor comparison to the amount of help that it will bring to someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should go together. Motive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, please give blood um sorry 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 uh so okay how okay so we kind of spoke about blood and being more knowledgeable and open to it now obviously there's so much stigma in our community like so 
this is like at surface level superstitious like oh if you give blood they're gonna use it for this they're gonna you know like how do we encourage more people to register to be um blood donors um yeah and like how do we make it more inclusive to like specific ethnicities and religious groups um i mean that is quite complicated in a Mm. way because um i always say this but it's all about where people inf- get the information. So it's like the point of contact for information. So if you want to target ethnic minorities, you definitely would go to community leaders. Um, even further, you can also speak to religious leaders. Yeah. And now you're seeing a lot of religious-based interventions, organizations where Getting they involved. work with yeah. public health. Yeah. Um, professionals to try and basically increase like compliance levels to certain drugs to certain interventions interventions like I do a lot of on breast cancer screening and I mean I'm currently I wouldn't say I've spoken to a lot of imams Mm. so religious Islamic leaders and they're quite open to actually supporting this message of health promotion Mm. so I think if you intervene and actually speak to these yeah. pe- people's point of contact, then you could definitely address issues like this. So, say a lot of say sickle cells, sickle cell diseases yeah. affects a lot of African, Caribbean, South Asian, South Asian Mediterranean, Mediterranean yeah. groups. So, say for example, uh, black communities they're tied to the church. Yeah, I mean if you've had your priest, your reverend. Or everyone said reference. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Um, basically, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, if you have basically, um, if you've got access to them, uh, then you can most certainly give information so that they can health promote. Yeah. And get more people involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, you can pester the NHS to try and do adverts but I don't think they do it well that's the thing I mean it's very like oh tokenistic black people then end (laughs) they're not persistent or consistent with it so um but they did do a really good campaign a couple of years ago and they kind of broke down why asking for more black donors wasn't racist asking for more awareness within our community was a really good thing so i agree with you but also i just wanted to say like it's not just about speaking to these religious groups but it's also about public um health organizations being willing to listen because public health has this way of doing things in such like a vertical way it's very like paternalistic like this is an intervention we think it works it's good for you yeah go on whereas like i think the best way to fester relationships between like religious groups like the church um reverence re- <laughs> don't why do you keep saying that why do you keep saying that whatever um because i was watching the cleveland show but yeah i'm done imams uh even like just ethnic groups who are stigmatized to this um to like giving blood and stuff i think it's also listening to them like actually what is your concern and how do we uh is the word alleviate yeah like to Wow, I'm fighting my English. But yeah, like how every day. <laughs> every every day. day. <laughs> but how how do we how do we stop like 
the concerns that you have and actually move towards a place where you're comfortable with us doing this, we're comfortable with implementing it, and we essentially get effective health outcomes. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, it has to be two-way, like you said. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, also, I think like a lot of private organisations are doing that a, a lot just for like like rare diseases nowadays mm-hmm. and disorders as part of the corporate social responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that might actually eclipse what some of these public health, even the NHS is doing because like most of these measures are effective. They use a lot of evidence-based um, information, like mm-hmm. solutions as well. Mm-hmm. So I think keep an eye on these private like cor- corporations. Okay. So I'm not vouching for them. I'm just saying. Okay, I didn't say anything. Got, I just said okay. Got, <laughs> I mean, they've got a good way of actually trying to basically be at the forefront of discussions. No, I agree. Mm, I don't really agree with the evidence, but I mean, I know that's the marker we use in public health, but I have a whole like uh, disagreement with like who makes the evidence, where does this evidence come from, who is included in... No time for conspiracy. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracist. That word. Conspiracist. Is that a word? Conspiracist. Oh my God, I'm fighting my English. But, um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to. I'm sorry. Disclosure that was not a representation of beauty. <laughs> Mohammed bore out of me, guys. But, um, essentially, we do need to consider, like, seriously, who makes the evidence, who is part of these conversations, and who's not. Because we're out here talking about how sickle cell affects these communities. There's not much attention to it. And why do you think that is? Like, why? Like, question it, guys. Question everything. So, um, yeah. Uh, Last question. Okay. So, basically, what can we do individually to not only raise awareness on sickle cell, but actually move from the awareness to actively doing something about it and also giving agency to those with sickle cell? sickle cell trait um i mean like supporting and um backing organizations that have like initiatives and like campaigns for sickle cell so we spoke when we spoke to Brittany, she said like there's there isn't many organizations that actually do that and so helping there's not many supporting those that are existing Mm. and strengthening them will definitely help yeah but also like um like making it I mean destigmatizing it so like having like now we're in a connected world where everything's on social media mm. so if we have like say per, like influences like um what sorry what is your obsession with influences Mohammed I mean <laughs> like it or not it's 2019 they kind of they, do they have, have the clout yeah they they can do something with their platforms yeah exactly so if you have that um and that will definitely help and also yeah like having someone like like i said in the last episode someone like stormzy saying oh my god donate that will help no i do understand and that also raises awareness for the kids that look up to Stormzy. yeah it does because a lot of people don't come across sickle cell until they're older like i true even for me speaking personally like i never knew this existed like until i was 18 19 you're dumb i'm kidding (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) 
I'm kidding. <laughs> it's called knowledge building. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, no, I agree. I think as well, organizations that do exist, they need to start working together and not just in silos. I, I think this is a really big problem for me in public health. You have organizations, not just public health, but global health specifically. You have organizations all doing the same thing. And imagine how much they could actually get done if they work together um, and focused on like particular aspects. So one one organization could focus on awareness campaigns. One could focus on treatment campaigns. One could fo- focus on finance campaign. Like imagine how much they could get done. Quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of sums up really nicely. Unless you have any last thoughts, Mohammed, on this. No, I think we've kind of succinctly put it into place. Yeah. And, and we will be posting alongside this final episode, like all the organizations uh, that we support. I think I already posted some of them, but just any more on our social media pages. But also um, the thing linked to register to give blood. Uh, and yeah, guys, we are still in the process of putting together our blog. We are trying to make our platform as accessible for everyone as possible. Um, so big things to come in 2020. Uh, and actually, no, Mohammed, what's our next? What's our next uh, theme? We're still having discussions about this. Um, yeah, we're yet to discuss this. Was it not? What was it? Brexit. Because we're I Brexiting, mean, right? <laughs> I mean, Brexit from a healthcare perspective. perspective so. Yeah, I mean, we could do that, but I don't know. I'm really skeptical that we are actually going to Brexit. Although with our new government, we might actually be Brexiting. I think I'm actually. I agree. I'm. I'm put off politics at the moment. Oh, mate! So, mental tap out. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, there are so many like implications that we could do. Yeah. When it comes to that'll be a good. I don't know. What, let us know what what we should do. I mean, we have plans already we for next. Most, exactly. But we're we're more than willing to be flexible. And after this little episode, we're doing in depth combos. So stay tuned out, guys. We haven't decided yet, but it will probably most likely be something Brexit. Definitely aligned. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got any questions, um... comments as usual, compliments. We love it all. Send it send it our way, guys. And. I don't know. I know like a lot of you guys have come from various different backgrounds, so I won't say Merry Christmas. So I will say Happy Holidays to all of you guys. And I hope you all have a prosperous New Year. We love the support you're giving us. Yeah, Me, big up everyone. <laughs> big up everyone. everyone. Yeah, no, we um, love it, guys. It's definitely. only what? Three, it's only three months. Three months and it's good. It's good vibes. Y'all are good vibes. Very. Yeah. Uh, Thank uh, you so much. Anything you want to say, Mo? I'm just happy with the whole process and the support that everyone's given. Yeah. Um, even like the whole um, advice. A lot of people have given us a lot of good advice. Yeah. Feedback as well. Criticism. So, constructive criticism. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. To you. Yeah. And we're quite thankful for this. Yeah. And also, not to be moist, but Mohammed, you're not half bad a co host to, <laughs> to do this with. Well, I must say, I've loved your. My what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. My yeah. aura, my vibes. I'm kidding. Okay. You know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. yeah. Bye.